millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, hello. Happy Football Shirt Friday. Yeah, happy Football Shirt Friday, my friends. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, in the football shirt, sort of, Andy Goldstein. And we begin with the new Aston Villa manager, Stephen Gerrard Gerrard, speaking for the very first time to the media, not ever, as Villa manager. He said that he doesn't see Villa as a stepping stone to the Liverpool job. No, 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 of course he doesn't. Aston Villa have got themselves a new head coach and he is Steven Gerrard. It is a three and a half year deal. You'll never hear me saying it's a stepping stone. For me, I'm really honoured and proud to be in this position. As I say, I'm all in. I'll give this job everything that it needs for it to be a success. I'll be 100% committed and more so will my staff. I don't think there's anything wrong in football to have dreams and aspirations. But as I say, Liverpool have got a world-class coach that they're very happy with. If he was to sign a lifetime deal right now, I'd be very happy for them and him. I think success in football is always about winning football matches, first and foremost. Long term, I think the club would like to be back on the European level. I don't think it's the right time now to put any date or specific date on that. But for me, more importantly, it's about focusing on the short term, which is Brighton at the weekend. We need to start winning football matches again and uh, moving up the table. So that's the short term goal. And don't forget, gang, that Aston Villa against Brighton is live tomorrow on game day. Now, Dean Smudger-Smith was appointed the new boss at Carrow Road this week, just eight days after being sacked by Aston Villa. Gabby Agbottlehor thinks Dino, or Smudger as some call him, could keep Norwich up. However, Simon Moni Moni Jordan doesn't have high hopes for Smudger this season. If life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, but he doesn't have lemons. He has a bunch of lemons that aren't good enough for performing in the Premier League. So as much as I really want the best for Delia and Michael, because I really do like Norwich, but I do think that they've not done enough in the Premier League. I do think they've been poor, and I do think that Dean Smith is a plaster. He's not the solution. That They need they need amputation, probably, rather than a Band-Aid. They've got a chance. I think it's going to be very, it's close, very... isn't it, down there? Man. Yeah, it's, it's very tight, isn't it? If you can get them playing, you can get them conceding, um, obviously, less goals. They've got every chance. But I just look at their squad of players, and I still think Dean Smith... Done a great job as a manager in his career, but it's one tough job, isn't it, Al? On now to the Leicester manager, Brendan Rodgers, ahead of the Foxes against Chelsea, live on TalkSport in the early kickoff on game day. He was asked about rumours linking him with a move to Manchester United, and here is his response. Firstly, it's really disrespectful for you to ask the question when you have a manager in place, a good manager and a good man, uh, who's working at the club. And secondly, I can't really comment on it because it's something that's not real. I'm 
here as the Leicester City manager. Proud to be here, privileged to be here and fully committed to the, the players, the club, the ownership. And that's about it, really. All the other noise around that is, is something that we can't control. My focus, like I've done in my career, is always looking for the next game. So the only club I'm thinking about is Chelsea and getting ready for that. Now, Rangers have appointed one of their former players, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, as their manager after Stevie G left. The current QPR boss and former Gers manager, Mark Warburton, said GVB's, or Geo's, quiet demeanour will not be an issue. I think for me, Jim, it's, it's knowing the club, knowing the game, knowing what he wants, how he deals with the individual players. You know, that generic approach and the individual approach will be very, very important for him. And getting to know his players in a short period of time, he knows what it takes, Jim. So someone that knows the club, I think, was vitally important. He'll be well aware of the boots he has to fill, and I'm sure he'll be looking forward to the opportunity. The new Rangers manager uh, has already won things as a head coach at a big club against the odds and his experience of winning things as well. So when he was in charge of Feyenoord, uh, he won the Dutch league there. The first time in 18 years that Farnord had won it, they were up against the juggernaut that is Ajax. In terms of having hands tied behind his back financially, he's already done that. Um, and he's been warned it might be a similar situation at Rangers. So um, this is a guy who's got experience of winning things, they say. Now, the whistleblower at the centre of the cricket racism saga says he's a different person from the one who wrote anti-Semitic language on social media over a decade ago. Azim Rafiq's been criticised for the historical posts after he called for action over institutionalised racism in the sport earlier this week. The Times journalist, Matt Lawton, said this won't help Rafiq's credibility. I don't think it helps it, but as I say, I still think that all the points he's made are valid. The fact of the matter is, Darren, most of the cricketers have admitted to what and, ap- and apologised to him for what happened. There, there was still a racism problem at Yorkshire. Yeah. There still probably is a That's racism right. problem at Yorkshire. It doesn't change that. But as I say, it, yeah, you can question the timing. I actually don't know the original source of this information. I don't know where it's actually come from. I say that completely sincerely. It's been sent to me. I then speak to my boss, it's discussed by the Times hierarchy, and we feel that as journalists we have to report it and we have to put it to him. On now to the legend that is Glenn Hoddle, talking about Man City's Jack Grealish and Phil Foden. Foden! Oh, brilliant! That is a magnificent goal! Phil Foden, in three years' time, could be the best player in the world. I think with England, the way we play, he's got everything. The boy, he's got, he, he understands the game. I saw him when he was 17, when they won the, 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 the Youth uh, mm-hmm. World Cup. He was head and shoulders above anyone on the pitch, and that was against the South American teams. Mm-hmm. And I said it at the time, he looked more South American than the South Americans did. Jack Grealish enters stage left. He's a Manchester City player now. Jack, for me, is, is a wonderful talent. The difference is, if you look at Jack now, he probably isn't enjoying his own game as much as he did at Villa. He loves to hold the ball. He loves to take mm. people on. But Pep's got him, and rightly so, because he's got so much talent around him. There's times where he's popping it off first time, and he's got to. But he wants to take people on. Mm. At Villa, he was the danger man. So if three players come over, and he's taking people down areas, and then popping it off to someone, he's created a lot of space for people. Yeah. yeah. But now at City, if he can do that a bit more, your, your De Bruyne's and your Foden's are going to get they, even better. Yeah. Now, TalkSport is, of course, celebrating Football Shirt Friday this week across the channels to raise awareness for the Bobby Moore Fund. 
Cancer Research UK's flagship national fundraising campaign. Here's our very own Darren Bent talking to the England captain, Harry Kane. As a kid, before you even became a professional, what was the first shirt that you had and what number was on the back? Oh, first shirt. <laughs> the one that I remember probably most as a kid was the the England one. You know, it was like the red stripe down it, the one yeah. that Beckham scored the, the free kick against Yeah, Bruce. yeah, yeah. So that's the one, that, and obviously I had Beckham on the back. I was a huge kind of David Beckham fan growing up. And yeah, so that's the one that kind of sticks out in my memory, I reckon. I, I don't think I'll still have it, if I'm totally honest. I don't know. Maybe my parents might have it <laughs> hidden away somewhere. But yeah, that's probably my earliest memory. Kane dropping his shoulder, and he's walked it in, slides it into the bottom left-hand corner for his fourth. And can you remember your first professional shirt that you put on? I mean, my first professional shirt, the player, was the Leighton Orient shirt. I remember playing uh, with playing Rochdale away. Uh, I was 17 years old. But yeah, just for me, that feeling of being able to play a professional game, going out there, uh, I think I got 15 minutes at the end. and still remember it to this day. Obviously, it was a great moment in my career and one I'll never forget for sure. What about, um, have you still got that shirt? Yeah, yeah, I still got that shirt. Kept that one, obviously. Uh, I try and keep the ones that kind of have a, a bit of meaning behind them. And yeah, that was a big moment, obviously, being 17, uh, still quite young to be able to play uh, late in League One at the time. So playing any professional game was big. So I kept that one. And yeah, it has a special place in obviously my career. On now to egg chasing and England rugby head coach Eddie Jones has been speaking to TalkSport's Andrew McKenna-Macker ahead of this side's Autumn Nation series match against South Africa on Saturday live and only on TalkSport 2. Eddie disputed South Africa's comments that they know how to beat his side. Looking for Mpimpi! Mpimpi will score! He burst through the tackles! The kick pass was perfectly weighted. You've got to get stuck in, mate. There's no getting away from the fight. Having said that, there are opportunities to hurt them in other ways, and we've got to be brave enough to take those opportunities to hurt them in other ways. So the physicality is an important part of Test Rugby. And, you know, if you look at the history of of South Africa and England rugby, they've got a 65% winning record, and it's probably based on their physicality. They set after the World Cup final where they beat us fair and square that they knew how to play to us, they knew where our weaknesses were, and they're implying our forward pack is weak. Well, our forward pack's not weak, and we'll have an opportunity on, on Saturday to show that. So we're looking forward to taking him on in the physicality. We're also looking forward to, to trying to expose the weaknesses in their game, which they do have. Back now to Glenn Hoddle and Alan Brazil, discussing the legend that is Diego Maradona. Well, I played with him and against him. The one with some um, Aussie's testimonial. Ah, uh, when he was on the dress, yeah, the ball up. yeah, it was great. A on great the floor. Moment. Al had to give me number ten shirt up for him. No, yeah, <laughs> did the right thing for Aussie and everyone. So there's me giving me shirt up. Played number eleven. So there's a free kick on the edge of the box. We're playing into Milan. I'm looking. I'm thinking. Well, you know, I'll do the right thing. I'll step back. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm looking as if I might take it with my right foot. Diego's there with his left foot and I'm looking at him he's looking at me and we're sort of <laughs> after you Claude sort of thing yeah. and suddenly Paul Miller Maxi Miller oh, no, no, runs no, no. from the from the halfway line <laughs> no. in between the two of us smashes the ball into Rose's head 
<laughs> Diego just looks at me. I thought for a minute you were going to say, no. he put it in the top corner. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't be silly, Al. And Diego looked at me as if to say, who is this? And I just put a finger to the side of my head and said, crazy. Diego's face was a picture. If you watched him warm up or just before the game, be no. popping it off his shoulder no. about 40 yards in the air and it popping it again and again. But it was all about intimidation. Um, he would be doing all these skills before a game. Everyone's watching the opposition. Yeah. That's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. I don't really care. Don't forget, of course, to hit that subscribe button. I'm back today on TalkSport at 4pm on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show. We're doing an OB, don't you know? Go Google it. I'm alongside Darren Ben. Quick reminder before I go that on TalkSport 2 tonight, we've got exclusive commentary of QPR against Luton in the Championship. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcasts out first in the morning where you'll hear from even more Premier League managers. So until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.